Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth, Jeremiah chapter number 23 today, making progress on a long, long Old Testament book, but uh, really enjoying what the Lord is teaching us and just how relevant this book that details messages and events from 2,600 years ago, just how absolutely relevant it is today And I hope that you've seen that. I certainly have. Jeremiah chapter 23, and look if you would at verse number one as God leads Jeremiah to preach this message specifically to the leadership. Remember last chapter, we talked about the various leaders of Judah during this dark time, the sons of Josiah. We talked about Jehoiaz, Jeconiah, as he's also called, or Coniah as he's also called, and then Zedekiah. So we've been talking about these kings and their destructive influence. And so often when you look at a bad situation, you're looking at really bad leadership. I think uh, it was Lee Robertson who famously said that everything rises and falls on leadership. And so when you look at a society that is failing, in, in many cases, you're looking at faulty leadership. So it it shouldn't take us by surprise that God is leading Jeremiah to give a special word of rebuke and warning to the leadership. Think about uh, James chapter 3 and verse 1, where it says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we masters, we teachers, shall receive the greater condemnation or in that sense, the greater accountability before God because of the influence of our position and of our and of our words. So look here, if you would, in verse number one of Jeremiah 23. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. There's a lot in that one verse. First of all, what does the verse not say? I think sometimes if we're not careful, we look at Old Testament passages that use words like pastor, and we automatically assume that what the word means is the New Testament local church pastor. And while certainly that principle does apply to the New Testament local church pastor, understand that the Old Testament word for pastor in these passages is a term that generally applied to the civil leadership. Uh, the governor or the king, not necessarily a spiritual position of leadership. Now, having said that, God did expect for the leaders in the nation of Israel and Judah to be spiritual people that followed the Lord. So it wasn't just a totally secular position. I just want us to, to understand that we shouldn't read into these verses what's not there. Now, having said all of that, Certainly a pastor here at Faith Baptist Church and many of my friends as pastors, certainly these principles apply. 
And when it talks about feeding the sheep and guiding the sheep and watching over God's pasture, certainly uh, there is that accountability and responsibility that we have, but it's much more than that. So when when we think about leadership responsibility, we think not only of being a pastor of a church, but we think about parenting. We think about any, really any measure of leadership when it comes to leading other people, there's a higher level of accountability. And watch what was happening among these pastors, these leaders back in this day. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep. So the job of a shepherd, that's what the word literally means, pastor or shepherd, the job of the shepherd was to keep the sheep together, right? Not scatter them. That would be the the most awful thing a, a shepherd could do. Why? Because he can't watch them if one's going in that direction and one's way over there. No, the sheep should stay together. That's why when you see a a herd of sheep, you see them together. When sheep are being led, especially, they're closer together as they make a transition. That's important. But then the Bible says that they are destroying the sheep. And the primary job of the shepherd is to protect the sheep. Remember, David was a shepherd and he would do anything to protect those sheep. And that would be sometimes standing up against a lion or a bear. Uh, and, and David famously told Saul about that. So what's the point? The point here is that they are doing the exact opposite of what their job is. Their job is to protect. Their job in that sense is to keep the sheep together, to keep them unified. And yet what was happening among the leadership in Judah, the sheep were being destroyed the imminent Babylonian invasion. The sheep were going to be scattered, the imminent Babylonian captivity. So it's the exact opposite of what a leader was supposed to have accomplished. And then watch the pronoun that God uses here in verse number one, when he says, they scatter the sheep of my pasture. So God says, one of the chief responsibilities of the shepherd is to understand his stewardship obligation. This, the, this, these fields don't belong to you. This land doesn't belong to you. In, in a sense, you say, well, this is my land. No, no, this is God's land. Just like a, a modern day pastor might erroneously say, well, this is my church. These are my people. And I understand sometimes we use those terms endearingly, but no, they're not. It's not your church and they're not your people. Or sometimes as parents, we say, well, my kids, and, and certainly that's true in that sense, but the point is, no, we, we are stewards. We raise these children for him. They belong to God. And one of the best ways for a leader to understand the weight of his responsibility is to understand stewardship, not ownership. And here in Verse number one of chapter 23, they're failing in all of these ways. Watch verse number two. Therefore, so based upon the fact that you're not taking your pastoring seriously and you're destroying and scattering and not understanding stewardship, based upon this, therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, against the pastors that feed my people, ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. And the term here to visit means you've not attended to them. You've not paid attention to them in a good and nurturing way. 
and all the things I've already said. You've not protected them. You've not unified them. You've not fed them. You've not visited them. Now watch what God says. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. Uh, I will visit upon you. So it's a it's a, a play on words. You have not visited them, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to pay you a visit. You've not visited them. You've not attended to them, but I'm going to attend to you. I'm going to attend to your disobedience. I'm going to take care of business. See the play on words there? And I'm going to bring it upon you what you've brought upon them. Well, what, what has been brought upon the people because of their bad leadership? Destruction, scattering, malnutrition. And so God said, that's what's going to happen to you. You're going to be destroyed. You're going to be scattered. You're going to suffer from the effects of malnutrition in the spiritual sense. So, wow, leaders, you are going to be held to the same level of, matter of fact, a higher level of accountability for what you have failed to do among the people that you are supposed to be leading. And we see that principle throughout the Bible. For instance, in Ephesians chapter 6, God commands that the slave to have a proper relationship with his master and for the master to have a right relationship with his, we would call this the employer-employee relationship today. But one of the chief guards to the attitude of the employer or the master in that in that passage was that he understood that he has a master in heaven. So everyone that oversees is overseen. And we have to understand that stewardship. I think about the passage in 1 Peter chapter 3, where it talks about husbands making sure that they dwell with their wives according to knowledge. In other words, giving consideration to them that your prayers be not hindered. So in other words, we need to be attentive to the requests of, to the needs of uh, our spouses so that in turn, God will be attentive to the needs of our own prayers, right? That's the principle. And so God is saying, why would I treat you in a way differently than the way that you're treating the people over whom I have made you an overseer? Strong, strong language indeed. Verse number three, and we're quickly running out of time. I've covered two verses, I'm sorry. But look at verse number three. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whither I have driven them, and will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. So God says, unlike you, I will be a faithful leader. I'm going to allow this scattering to take place. This will be your fault. I will, I will allow a measure of destruction to, to, to take place. That is your fault. They will indeed go into captivity. They will be scattered. Uh, they will go to Babylon, but I, I will bring them again. I will, unlike you, I will gather them. I will unify them. I will feed them. I will do for them what you did not do for them. I will be that great shepherd. Uh, I will not forsake the flock. And while you have not done your job, you can rest assured over time. And in my timing, I will do my job. And God did exactly that. He did bring the people back, didn't he? Uh, after the Babylonian captivity, he did 
uh, reignite that nation. And the temple was rebuilt and God's people were regathered. And even when they were scattered again in 70 AD and again in 130 AD, what has God done? Again, he's gathered his people back into their homeland. And so our God, in spite of us and our unfaithfulness, our God is faithful. I'm going to stop right there in verse number three. A lot more I could say, but uh, this is, after all, a survey Bible study, so we'll keep it moving. But the next episode, we'll jump into verse number four. I know you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.